holding on old books at the end of page Yadalid. And in your new books, it's a little bit, it's like a line or two before the end of the, uh, the end of the paragraph, because I think that this, I don't know why they made the end of the paragraph there. I think that you should, could have written it here, but whatever. Anyway, so this is the difference between Yehudi Tata and Yehudi Law, right? Obviously, the concept of Yehudi Tata is the concept of the meditation of Psukhet Zimra. I'm sure we did, because I definitely, I made a mark in my head that this is where we got up to, so I'm yeah, sure of it. Because I noticed that the last couple of days, I haven't been remembering exactly where, so yesterday I made sure that I made a mental note that this is exactly where we got up to. So he says like this, this is the difference between Yehudi Tata and Yehudi Allah. Now remember, Yehudi Tata is the concept of the meditation of Sukkot Zimra, namely that I exist but my existence is a precarious existence. It's an existence that's based on Hashem creating me every single second. Right? So therefore, not only am I existing because Hashem is creating me every single second, but everything is, cre- is being created every single second. So everything that we're seeing is really Hashem making it happen. Then we have Yehudi Law, which is the meditation of Birkaz Kriyashma, which is that the Ein Od Movado, there's nothing else here. Right? This is Hashem pulling away the uh, the curtain, so to speak, pulling away the 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 opaque plastic in our example from the last few days, right? And seeing that it's all really Hashem, right? Or this is the example that we gave yesterday, if you remember from the Maimur Vyadaita from the Rebbe Rashab, is Rabbi Yehuda Nasi writing a Mishnah. When Rabbi Yehuda Nasi wrote the Mishnah, he saw all the points that the Gemara is going to bring about it, but he wrote it in such a way that it should remain the oral Torah. Masha'enkin, when a person learns the Mishnah for the first time, they do not see all of the different points. All they see are the words of this particular Mishnah in their limited form. Right? So it depends which way are we looking at it from. Okay, so that's the difference between Yuchuri Tata, Yuchuri Allah, who mitzad haziva ha'ara ha'lokis. Right? Oh. That is becoming the source of the whole world. Because from this perspective, there is a world. That's the key point. There is a world. Ella, but there's a caveat here. However, they are bottled to the ayin eloki, which is bringing them into existence. Bringing into existence, right? This is the point, that I exist, but I exist because Hashem is creating me every single second. Right? That's the point here. I'm not taking away that I don't exist. No, I do exist. But Hashem is creating me every single instant. So therefore... When I focus on myself as being a yesh, I realize that my yeshishness is is incredibly limited. Yes, Shalom. What? Because they recognize that Hashem is creating. If you know that you're you are only working because you're plugged into the wall, this light is only working because it's plugged into the wall. So then it's bottled to the electricity in the wall, and if it it knows that if it unplugs from the wall, it's not going to be light anymore. That's really the bottom line. What? That's what's happening here. When a more person realizes that, 
the more he wants to become bottle, the more he realizes that that he is, like it says in Maimer and Ranat, right, Shuva Yisrael, it talks about the idea of how, how why the Malachim live longer than a human being. Because a, a Malach is completely bottle to Hashem. And because bottle to Hashem, so therefore it keeps the wire, right, fresh. Masha Enkin, a person, he becomes less and less bottle to Hashem, so therefore the wire becomes all messed up. And Adam and Chava, before they left the gun, right, before they did the sin of the Eitz Adas, it would have been in that situation. Because why? Because of the fact that they're completely bottled, because they recognize that their whole existence is just coming from Hashem, putting them into being. That's what it means. Yeah. So I'm guessing we're going to say that. Don't guess what we're going to say. We, we don't have to guess anything. We could read it. Huh? Okay, what do you want to say? Go ahead, David. That Yechuda Tata is... That's what we're being. Uh, what, that's what we're doing. Right. That's what we've been saying. Right. That's what we've been saying. Right. That's what we've been saying. Exactly. So what do we do for like Ashrei, What do we say for the rest of Ashrei? Ashrei is Pesukim Zimra, right? No, no, no. No, it's not. Like Avilatzion. Oh, oh, how do we come back down? Is that when we start thinking oh, about breakfast? So that's a very good question. Oh, that's when we th- start thinking about what's on, what's on the, uh, what's on the plata for breakfast. It's actually a very interesting, it's actually a very interesting mimer. Shorish Mitzvah goes into this extensively. But the idea of how, uh, the idea of how basically the beginning of davening is us lifting up, going up from world to world to world to world. And then the the second half of davening is us bringing it all down, you know, which is why Chabad Siddur, for example, has, um, if you you look at the contrast that with the Ashkenaz Siddur, right, that Shir Shalyom, and we have, we have uh, Ein Kelokeinu and all these different parts before Aleinu, right? First, Ashkenaz Siddur has Shir Shalom after uh, Aleinu, and they don't even have Ein Kelokeinu on, on a weekday, right? They also don't have, um, like, all the stuff between... Right, right, that, that whole section, right. So if you notice, right, it's each part is, is also a, a Kaddish that separates each right. each step. So the idea of bringing, bringing the energy back down into the world, right, is, very, is a very complicated thing of how to bring it down. It's one thing to go up, but the second thing is to go down, you know. But that's, you know, for someone who is holding on the level of really being... Uh, uh, sensitive to these things, they would be able to feel that. I mean, namely, a tzaddik would be able to feel that. You and I are not feeling that. Maybe, you know, we're thinking more about what's for breakfast, but it's not really what we're supposed to be doing. We're thinking right. we're supposed to be going down. So, yeah. Ella. Makor is source? What? Makor? Makor means the source of something. Yeah. So, and and this, 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 uh, rea- this is a, the reality that Hashem is creating. This is, uh, Hashem is creating this reality in terms of Hashem wants to see, like this, like how how we are, Yashem. We are a creation, but the reality for Hashem is the others. They're both the reality of Hashem. Both the reality. It's both the reality. The idea is that He wants to make, like Tanya explains, what's the goal? The goal is to make a dear b'tachtainim. So in order to make a dear b'tachtainim, you have to have a tachtainim. So the only way to have a tachtainim is that if a world that doesn't feel, right, the presence of Hashem. And the present, the fact that Hashem is creating us every single second. Let's read further. Come on. So, wrap. Uh, yeah. So, so it sounds like you, 
what we're saying is after Tata, then we just go back to Yehuda Tata. Uh, presumably, presumably, okay, yeah. Fine. So he says like this. Um, However, when we're looking at it from the perspective of Yehudah, it is that everything in front of it is like nothing, like we said before. That there is no other Matthias whatsoever. That's the idea of Yehudah. So that's really the conclusion of what we've been saying. Now, this should be a new paragraph for you, right? Yeah. Okay. This is the difference also between Pesukit Zimra and Kriyishma. What? Pesukit Zimra, who ha his bainis bebechinas his havos ha elavos. Right? That Pesukit Zimra is the meditation of the creation of the worlds. Bahaflos his havos. In other words, the wondrousness of how it is being created. Ve'ech shiyesh ayin aloki shemahoyu ve'esaila. And how the ayin aloki that so to speak, the nothingness of Eloki. Why does it mean the Ayin Eloki? Meaning, from our perspective, it's an Ayin. From our perspective, we don't see it, right? That as great as it is, the creation of the world, and as great as it is, the world in and of itself, and how we look at it as being, you know, so big and so tremendous and everything like that, but really, it's so small in relation to Hashem. And that... What we need, that the only thing that's creating this whole thing is just a little ray from what Hashem is. It's like using your little pinky, not even, right, to do something. That implies that it's not much of an effort for the person. When he says, you know, that's like a, you know, a, a phraseology in English, you know, that you're going to just use your little pinky to, to, you know, to do this thing, whatever it is, right? What does that imply? It implies that it's not hard work. It's not requiring me to put my mind into it, to put my physical, you know, power, my muscles into it, right, etc., etc. This is the concept, yeah? So he's saying that this, as much as it's great, the world, it's only coming from a ha'ara. The way it's coming and being expressed through the concealment of the Shem Elokim. However, by Kriyashma, the meditation is on the oneness of Hashem. How everything is like nothing compared to Hashem. And it's only Hashem. Also, from the point of view of the world, that is specifically coming from when we look at Hashem, the Shem Havaya, specifically, the Lagabe. In comparison to him, like we said before, right? That the whole worlds are considered like nothing. Now, based on these meditations, remember, the objective of the meditation is, and this is a very, very important point to recognize, and, and you have to apply this, you don't have to, but I would recommend that you apply this to everything in your life is that what you put into your thoughts is going to impact you. What you put into your mind is going to impact the way you live your life. What you have, if you're constantly having in your mind all these negative thoughts, you're going to have a negative life. You're going to be sitting around complaining all day long from morning to night. If what you're putting in your mind is how I don't have this and I don't have that and I am poor me about this and poor me about that and my parents took advantage of me with this way and my parents took advantage of me that way and, and you know it's all because of uh, the guy next door and because of this and because of that. So then that's what your whole mitzvah is going to be. Because what you put into your mind 
is how you are. Your mind is the control center of you and of me, for that matter. I mean, I'm just talking first person, right? So if I'm putting in my mind all of my problems and all of my issues and all of my um, things that are not going the way I want them to be going, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm, so then that's what's going to be reflected. Because why? Because the emotions are going to then, are then going to react to it. And then my whole way of life is going to be just an expression of that. And that's also going to be the signal that I'm sending out to everyone around me. Here's this guy, he has all these problems, he's an angry guy, he's upset and he's this and he's that. And, 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 and anyone that thinks that, they don't, that people don't pick up on your energy are, is completely wrong. You could go, you know, to a gas station, for example, and you could see, like, the guy over there that's pumping gas, you know, you don't want to have anything to do with him. You don't know why. You never met the guy in your life. You saw him for the first time one second ago. Why all of a sudden, you know, if he comes over to ask you for, uh, you know, what time it is or something like that, you're like, well, I don't want to talk to this guy. Because you're picking up on it. You're picking up on his energy. That's what we're all doing all day long. We're picking up on each other's energy. And so all of a sudden, right, that this is what, you know, if you're feeling all these negative feelings, right, speaking about in the negative, so then everyone around you is going to be picking up on that. Also, vice versa, in the positive way, right? If you're thinking, Mitzad, you're nefesh alukis, and how, every, how Hashem is providing you with everything, and Hashem is taking care of you, and Hashem is, uh, Hashem is literally, you know, giving you every breath that you take, and how grateful you are to Hashem and, ha- and, and you've implemented what it says in chapter Lama Base of Tanya about Abbas Yisrael and how to love another person and how to care about another person and, and the way it says it, even at the end of Parak Lama Base about the idea of not being judgmental of another person and having Rahmanis for another person, right? All of a sudden you're walking down the street and someone bumps into you and you're ready to turn around and punch the guy in the face. And all of a sudden you see there's a guy with dark glasses that's blind with a, with a, with a walking stick. All of a sudden you change your attitude immediately. Why did you change your attitude? Same guy bumped into you. Why aren't you ready to punch him in the mouth? Average New Yorker. Right? Why, right? Because all of a sudden now you change your, your whole view of who this person is. You change your view of who this person is. You have Rahmanis for them. That's what the Alter Rebbe is telling us on Perek Lamed base. You have to change your view. So this is what he's saying here also. So all of a sudden when this becomes your mindset... That Enod Milvado, that there's nothing else here except for Hashem. So if a person does it the right way, he's not going to have an Ava for his telephone. He's going to have an Ava for Hashem. He's going to start to release the things that, that the Nefesh of Bahamias has an Ava for. Right? What are the things the Nefesh of Bahamias has an Ava for? Anything that is going to make him feel secure and comfortable. Right? Whether it's mitzad, the angle of, uh, of a physical object whether it's from the angle of money, whether it's from the angle of even a relationship, that he thinks that he's gaining something from the relationship. It's all about me. So all of that is going to be lost because he realizes that it's all Hashem. So why am I putting my emphasis on my, on my house, on my car, on my telephone, on my clothing, on my this? I should be putting my emphasis on my love for Hashem. That's the real Metzius here. And all of a sudden, that becomes a change in a person. That's the objective of this whole story. In other words, there's a goal here. 
The goal here is to change me. That I should be a better person than I was when I woke up this morning. So what constitutes a better person? Right? It's someone who is much more united with Hashem and therefore much more united with all the people around them. And much more united in doing different things with his life. Right? As opposed to being just a self-serving, self-aware, self-whatever you want to call it, person. Materialistic person. Which really none of us want. We all want to be that better person. But the question is how to make that happen. So the objective of this exercise of the meditation is not for the meditation. It's not for think about Hashem. That's, that's not the goal. You don't, the, the goal of going to a gas station is not the gasoline. It's to make the car drive. But in order to make the car drive, you need the gasoline. So this is the gasoline to make me drive. And that's why it says here, right? That's why it uses this phrase here, that what? That the whole objective here is to get to that, that phrase in Kriyashma. All of a sudden I feel a love, I feel a bliss, I feel an incredible appreciation for Hashem. I feel a difference in my life. I'm sitting in my life and I'm feeling, appreciating the fact that I'm alive. Because when you have, all of a sudden your whole energy changes. And everyone can feel it. And if it's not happening that way, then it's because I don't have the right thoughts in my mind. Now, obviously I'm speaking in a very idealistic way here. Because most of us are very busy in the morning and most of us are very busy with like a million thoughts that are going in our heads. And if you think you're busy as a bacher, wait till you get married and wait till you have kids and wait till you have, you know, all the responsibilities that God willing Hashem gives you. Right? This is not bad things. These are good things. Right? You don't want to be a bacher for the rest of your life. God forbid. You want to be married and you want to have family and you want to have all these responsibilities. This is good things. But all of a sudden they, become, they take you over. So but if you work on it now as a bacher and you start to learn how to, how to do this, so then you're going to have practice for when things get a lot more hectic in later life. That's the objective. In other words, it, one of the objectives of going to yeshiva is like when you put a chicken into the oven. You don't put the chicken in the oven at 70 degrees like in the rest of the house. You have to cook it. You have to cook it at 350 degrees. And the objective is that the chicken cooks and then you take it out of the oven. And then it cools down. But hopefully it stays hot for a long time. So a bacher, his objective should be that to, to make oneself hot. Right? Like the Havdil, you hear about these people that, uh, that they go on all these retreats. Why are they going on the retreats? It's a smart idea to take a break from, from the normal life. And to, to focus on whatever spirituality or whatever they're, they're focusing on, to, to, like, to take their minds and use their minds differently. Because it gives you a fresh uh, awakening, right? That you can't usually have when you're in every single day, day-to-day life. So in a sense, what, what, we, what we should be doing, which is not necessarily, I'm saying that we do do, but our davening, for instance, in shacharis, or if a person spends, as a, as a, as a married person, who has a job, spends 20 minutes learning, uh, learning uh, Hasidus before davening, and then davens. That becomes your retreat for the day. And then that retreat, hopefully, will impact the rest of your day. It'll put you in the right mindset. That's like we learned in the Maimur before, one of the Maimur that we did, I think, uh, when was it? In the summer, right? Isa Bezayar, where we talk about over there, 
the idea of how the Friedrich Rebbe said that it's so important to learn Chassidus every morning. Why? And to do your Kfiyas Itim Batayra in the morning. Why? Because it acts like a, 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 a generator to have good energy throughout the rest of the day. And that becomes your retreat. So as a Bacher, now you have, most of you have, you know, sometimes you get six months that you get to be in yeshiva, sometimes a year, sometimes two years, whatever it is. It's a limited amount of time as a Bacher to be in yeshiva. You know, however you slice it. But this is the opportunity to, to mamish, to, to turn it on, turn on the heat, which will impact you for hopefully the rest of your life. Like I said to you, this mimer, for example, is a mimer that I learned, you know, whatever it was 30 years ago or whenever I learned it, right, in yeshiva. And it's still... It still impacts impacts you. You know, you tap back in. Yeah, Shalom. You had a question? Uh, yeah. Like to expect to have this like love. I don't, it just seems like a a very high expectation. Like oh, to be fucked all and all. Like we're living in a very like hell and a half world. It's like as the year like as the years go along, it's like, like it just gets worse and worse. Obviously, so like I don't know. In certain ways, it gets better. In certain ways, it gets worse. If you think about, for example. Uh, the opportunity now to learn Torah, for example. Let's just use that as an example. Like I remember when I was in, when I was in uh, yeshiva and I wanted to like, uh, you know, do all this learning. I wanted to like go through shas and things like that. There was nothing available. There was like no, like they had these little, ta- you know, they had these Torah tapes. That was the only thing that was available back then. You had to get these tapes, right? And then they had to like do it on the telephone. If you call the telephone number and you push a button, then you can get a certain daf and whatever. You had limited, they had, you know, basically art scroll was just coming out with their, you know, with their English uh, Gemara. No one really understood, like, what it was. Like, it wasn't, like, uh, something that was used and I, that I was looked down upon to, to even use something like that, right? Nowadays, you have, you could, you could go on the telephone right now and you could find probably a hundred shirim for today's Gemara for if those people are doing dafyomi. Probably a hundred shirim, probably even more, actually, if you know how to, how to search. I mean, there's like 10, like, you know, like everyone listens to, but you probably have a hundred, even maybe, maybe even 500 shirim. That you like this style, you like that style, you like this, you don't like that, you know. You have everything is the whole, you know, you have everything translated into English. You have basically anyone, anyone that wants to learn, they have everything available nowadays. You could learn basically anything nowadays, even if you have a language barrier. You don't, it doesn't matter, right? When I was younger, there was no, there was nothing, you didn't, if, if you had a language barrier, you just couldn't learn. That's it. it, it was, uh, that was the problem. That's not to say that we shouldn't try to learn it in the original anyway, but if you, even if you don't want to, you, you can. You, there's, everything's available. So in that sense, a lot of things are better nowadays, right? That we could do mitzvahs, that we could do everything. Anyway, but back to your point, how do we get to this Ava? The answer is that you're right. What he's talking about here is an ideal. Like a tzaddik feels it. And a tzaddik literally feels the, the godliness around him. It's true. And I don't. I'm not a tzaddik. But at the same time, we know that what you put into your mind is going to impact you. So therefore, you may not feel it like this ava, like you're like, you know, like floating in the air type of thing. But if your mind is filled with chasidis, you're not going to be as, uh, as stuck in the physical world as a person that doesn't learn chasidis. Because they recognize what's going on here. And therefore, they recognize that the goal is different. A person that doesn't learn Hasidus doesn't have the opportunity to really look at things from this broader perspective. 
And that's what he's saying here. So when you're sticking into your mind constantly, it's very hard to have like this tremendous uh, you know, desire for a, a, you know, a physical thing in the same way. It's not that our Nefesh of Bahamis doesn't try hard to make sure that we do. And believe me, you know, my Nefesh of Bahamis is much smarter, I think, than all of your Nefesh of Bahamis is put, put together. And I'm sure that that's the way you feel about your own Nefesh of Bahamis, right? They're clever. The Nefesh of Amis is clever and he tries to always get us down. He tries to get us depressed and he tries to get us that we give up and then he tries to give up, you know, all different types of craziness. But we have to realize what Hasidus is teaching us. And if we put, in other words, this discussion, this class, this, this mimer, this is not meant to be a philosophy for the bookshelves. It's meant to be, if there's one thing I teach you the whole year, this is the only point that I want you to take away. This is meant to be put into practice in your life. This is meant to be the, 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 the ammunition that you have for the rest of your life, for every single day of how to live in this world. Even if you learn only one mimer for your entire life, but that mimer, you go over and over and over and it goes into you to such a deep extent, right? It will change your life. It will impact you on a very, very real level. It's not meant to be a philosophy book. Like when we were in college, right, we learned all different types of philosophies and we learned all these different things and, and then, then you take the book and then you put it on the shelf and you never see it again, right? As long as you took, you know, you take it for the test, you know, how, what, are the, what, are the, uh, what, is this, what does this guy say? What does that guy say? And what is this? And, uh, and you write it out and you write your essays on, we used to have these blue, blue uh, booklets that you had to write your, your tests on. I don't know if they have that anymore. Maybe they have computer things. I don't know what they have nowadays. I mean, this is going back... Uh, a long time ago, forty years ago, almost right. So, but and that's it. And then that was the last time until someone in a cocktail party happens to mention some philosopher. You say, "Oh yeah, I remember him." You know, <laughs> I remember I took a test on him. You know, ten years ago, and he said so and so, and then you makes you look really good. But, but that's not what that's not what Hasidus is. Hasidus is meant to be used as our medicine, as our thing. Put into your brain. What are you putting into your brain? Whatever you're going to put into your brain, that's how you're going to look on the outside, right? That's what he's saying here. Sorry, we're going off on tangents all over the place this morning. I'm getting on my high horse, I guess. I don't know. You get to the point of that my whole existence is just Hashem. I'm bottled to Hashem. That's it. However, with the, the meditation of Pesukit Zimra, I get to the point of Bittla Yesh alone. This is the idea of Das Tachton, namely how I look at it from my perspective. It's coming from his bonus by Hergish, the Haziva Ha'ara of the ray and the illumination. That is the mocker for the worlds. Okay, so that's the idea. So take one of these things and grab it. Grab it and live with it. That's the objective here. Okay, I'm speaking for long enough today. The Ferengen is concluded. Oh, you guys have one more sentence in your thing? Starts with a hagam, the next paragraph, or it says a period? Yeah, he has a paragraph that starts with a hagam? Yeah. Okay, interesting. 
I have to find one of these new books. All right. Hatzlacha Rabbah, Mir Tzashem, we should take it to heart, what we're saying here.